Hey guys, welcome to Tennis Pal Chronicles. This is our December edition. We're heading towards the holidays and we're super excited to present to you a podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. And in this episode, specifically tennis gifts and a gift guide for tennis players. And with me is my co-host, Valerie Garcia. Hi, Valerie. How are you? Hey, Philip. How's it going? It's going great. Valerie's joining me via Skype today because our schedules are so busy. We It's been hard for us to get together physically, in person, but uh, it's just nice to talk to you on Skype. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Philip. How about you? Great. Did, did you just come back from the beach? I did spend the morning at the beach, yeah. That's, that's only something you can do in Southern California, right? I think you're right. I mean, it was, and it was actually a really nice day. I was like, okay, we're like a week away from Christmas and it's a beautiful day in Southern California. The sun, I had to put like sunblock and uh, it was really nice. Um, I did not go in the water, but I did have my dog go in there and she seemed happier than, uh, I don't know, the proper and appropriate way to say a term that I I was like, oh my gosh, everything I'm going to say is really inappropriate. (laughs) <laughs> I, the dog so very happy the is what you're saying <laughs> wait what <laughs> very happy is what you're saying <laughs> yes yes she went in the water she was very happy and uh yeah it was cool and so now i'm just here ready to what? talk about tennis yes what a beautiful morning you've had that's incredible philip i know that this is not what our podcast is about but can i just take a moment to say that we're like two and a half weeks away from tennis season starting that's incredible. Here it comes, right? Oh, so excited. It's going to be good. I, and it's so strange that tennis players really have like one or two weeks of off season. That's their whole off season is like two weeks. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's it's actually like, I think it's like really unfair, but you know, what can you do? Well, especially Nadal. I mean, Nadal just finished this epic Davis Cup, has very little time to recover and start preparing and get getting ready. And I, I wonder what his preseason looks like. Yeah, right. Kind of crazy. Well, yeah, two weeks away, we'll get to kick off pretty soon with some tennis news and uh, exciting stuff that's happening. But right now, we've got to focus on our tennis gift guide, some of the greatest things that you could buy for tennis player if you have a tennis player in your life and i know you and i are probably thinking about that for each other we're thinking what tennis gifts should we get for each other (laughs) (laughs) what would be the ultimate because pretty much all of the things we're talking about we already have right yes most likely right and that's that's why we're sharing because we feel like they're such great gifts so that's kind of fun yeah I'm calling it the top 10 gift guide because there are actually 10 items that I wanted to talk about. But of course, if you have any other ideas and want to share something, please jump right in. Sounds good. And the first two, of course, are products that are actually on my website, lovesetmatch.com. So I'm being self-promotional right up front just because I feel like these are products that I'm super excited about and I think everybody should have. Uh, And the first one is, of course, my little Roger Federer figurine doll. Have you seen it? Yes, it's so cute. Yes. (laughs) Well, it's it's a really beautiful little doll that is actually made uh, of ceramic. So it's more of a piece of art than it is an actual you know cuddly soft toy doll that you would give to a child or something but um, I partnered with a guy named Davide who is actually in Italy and he hand makes these uh, they're handcrafted out of ceramic and he hand paints them himself and he makes these beautiful little figurine dolls and he's just is a crazy Roger Federer fan I mean probably more crazy than me just because he actually makes these figures right yeah i I feel like if you had that desire or skill set, you'd make that happen too. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would. You're right. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing I can do is make uh, tennis memes on Twitter, you know? Oh, there you go. See, that's what, that's your, uh, the thing that you do. So, And the one that I recommend, the figurine, because he's made a couple of them, but the one that I recommend is actually this creation of Roger Federer celebrating when he won his last 
uh, no, second to last Grand Slam. It's it's kind of epic because it's the one where he beat Nadal at the Australian Open, right? It's a hand-painted figure of just that moment. You know, the one that he has that black and white kind of striped shirt with the stripe going across it. At the time, he still had Nike clothes. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Pre-Uniqlo. Yeah. The days of our RF the days of RF, but I feel like it was probably one of the most important moments in Roger's life to be able to come back after six months of injury, recovery, healing. Probably he had the best Australian Open tournament of his life because he defeated, you know, Kane Shikuri. He defeated Stan Wawrinka. I mean, it was pretty epic. And it all started when he, I think it was second round when he beat Burdick. And that Burdick match, even uh, Burdick himself says he has never seen Roger play that good. And that was pretty stunning after six months of off-court recovery. Yeah. Yeah, not and not being in match shape. Right. So when I, whenever I look at this little Roger Federer figurine, I think of that moment. I think it's just the most epic moment in tennis for me as a Federer fan. Because actually, previous to that, he had not won a slam for five years. Is that right? Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, I haven't looked at, at any of that in a long time. but. And everybody said it was, yeah, it was over. He should retire, the big R word and all of that stuff, you know. And it was also so epic because Roger was down 1-3 in the fifth set. And you just felt like, well, Nadal's got his number. There's just no way that Roger can come back 1-3 in the fifth set, Nadal's up and it's two all and and you just didn't think that he could do it. Yeah. So it was a pretty miracle moment. So I would love, I've, I have actually seen the figurine in the past, but I cannot remember what it looks like now. I'm yeah. guessing you're going to have links and all that fun stuff so people can just click on it and show notes and stuff like that. So they I'll definitely see do that. this adorable uh, figurine that we're talking about. Yes, exactly. And there's even a little video of Davide actually crafting it and painting it. So it's pretty amazing that he is such a passionate fan who just loves Roger so much. And he's made all kinds of crazy stuff. He's made a Roger Federer lamp. He's made a Roger Federer like a display um, that I, I'm assuming he has in his house in Italy. So we got to go visit him in Italy and just. Oh, so cool. Let's make that happen. <laughs> That would be amazing. And, of course, a portion of the sales from the figurine we donate to the Roger Federer Foundation to support education in Africa. So, yeah, hope people enjoy that. It's a potential gift. And not only, of course, for the holidays, but for any Federer fan, I think that would be an awesome choice. Yes. Uh, second on the list, sticking with the Roger Federer theme, is the Roger Federer Coffee Table Book. And that's the gift that I gave to you after 20 years of the ATP circuit and 20 Grand Slams. Roger Federer has more than enough pictures to show us all. And he actually is someone we should be celebrating. But I've never seen a coffee table book like this. Uh, it's really beautifully done. It's um, pretty epic in the way that it's laid out. It's a large format, so not just a small book. And it's just something that I feel like needs to be done just epic and beautiful in that way and so i highly recommend the roger federer coffee table book yes it was it's a great beautiful book and and if you have a federer fan in your life i mean it just makes sense the no-brainer no-brainer exactly and it's, it's really well written as well it's not only the pictures but it also has really great writing in the book that talks about kind of the five elements uh, no, six elements of Roger, emotion, artistry, humility, immortality, elegance, and perfection. Uh, and each one of those uh, has a beautifully written essay. And I feel like it's just, wow, a, a book for the ages, you know, something that every Federer fan can enjoy, every tennis fan, hopefully. Uh, the book is also available not only in English, but it's available in other languages as well, and they can actually buy it on Amazon. So I'll have a link to the Amazon link in our description. Kind of more for practical gift buying, the first thing you think about for items three and four is maybe I should buy a tennis racket for my tennis player friend, right? Yeah, one might think that. But you would you would think that. And then uh, so for the third and fourth gift, I've actually wrote tennis racket and tennis strings. Those maybe people would think as 
the most obvious choice for a tennis player. Hey, let's get him a tennis racket. And I just want to encourage our listeners that the relationship of the player to their racket is so personal and so unique uh, that it really isn't an off-the-shelf purchase. Would would you agree? Correct. I think it would be uh, similar to like buying shoes for someone or like uh, maybe a sporting shoe, right? Like not knowing that there's it's when it's a performance thing like it's there's so much yeah of a personal feel that and a style that like i mean tennis players and i i'm sure i'm not the only one themselves don't even know sometimes the racket that they need or want (laughs) they need to go through trying so many before they find the one and so you know unless you're magical you're probably not going to choose the right one for your person that you want to buy for Right. Yeah, definitely depending on their skill level, choosing a racket is a very hard choice. And many great coaches over the years have described the tennis racket as really an extension of your hand while you're playing. Mm -hmm. So it really is something so personal. You can imagine how hard it is to buy something as personal, as connected as a racket is to a player. So even though that might be kind of a first impulse, hey, let's buy him a tennis racket at like one of the big stores like a Walmart or Big Five or, you know, anywhere that you would normally shop. We just want to encourage uh, gift givers that perhaps off-the-shelf tennis racket isn't the perfect gift for a tennis player. And I'd have to chime in with strings as well. Strings really make a huge difference in the game of a tennis player. So depending on what kind of strings you're playing with really impacts the ball differently. It uh, it might have more spin, it might have less spin, might have a lot more power or a lot less power. And even though it's a $10 to $20 gift, uh, strings make a huge difference in the playing style of a tennis player. Yes. And where I would say to go ahead and buy the racket and and all that stuff uh, is if you're buying it for your child and they have never played and you're going to get them into tennis, the greatest sport ever. (laughs) then go ahead and buy any racket or even go to a thrift store and get a used one, get them into it. And then, (laughs) and then move, move along from there. No, I I agree that uh, we want everyone to play tennis as soon as possible and we don't want to impede them in any way. But I guess what I would suggest is just ask any tennis player friend that you have what racket they should buy rather than just buying something at one of the big box stores. Because in general, the big box stores are selling kind of third, fourth, fifth rate tennis rackets. They're not really great. And they're not something that you're going to grow into. They're not uh, something that is going to evolve. And a, a telltale sign of those rackets is the disconnected bridge of the racket. So the racket, instead of being one whole molded piece, they'll actually have a separate bridge at the very bottom of the racket, kind of the throat of the racket that's disconnected. It's actually a piece of plastic that they glue in there. And so you can see that, and it's actually usually a different color too. So on these kind of cheaper rackets that you buy at these big box stores, you'll see there's a disconnected bridge. And of course that means a lot less control, a lot less power. Usually it means a lot more vibration for the racket. And this is probably in the 10 to $20 range for rackets and yes you can actually buy a racket for 10 to 20 dollars out there (laughs) which is kind of amazing considering like the racket i play with was probably 149 dollars right so huge discrepancy yes but it's true what you're saying about buying a used racket i mean you can get a 10 to 20 dollar used racket that's actually of a very good quality it might 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 not just be like the latest edition maybe I would say probably in the 30 to $50 range. Um, and any tennis player that you know will be able to at least say, oh, yeah, this is a decent racket, or no, don't buy that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I think if you have a tennis player in your life, you're not going to buy yes. them a racket. Um, right. It's like right. it's like buying a car for someone, like an adult, who's like, no, I don't need an SUV. I'm not a soccer mom. I actually wanted a Mini Cooper or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when you're buying it for, for like a child or if you have a friend who is like, I've been trying to become more active. I used to play tennis in high school. Uh, I just want to go play with friends, doubles on the weekend or whatever. And you know they're not going to 
they're not trying to be weekend warriors or like club players or really develop their game, but they just want like a healthy way to exercise and kind of like add that back into their life slowly. Yeah. Is probably like that. And for children who you're introducing the sport to, I feel like, you know, just, yeah, like you originally said, kind of just stay away from it. Um, it's kind of too personal of a thing unless you happen to know exactly the situation that like someone is, you're just trying to get somebody reintroduced and the quality and the price is okay to be really low. Yeah. Cause it's like that yeah. intro, it's an introduction or a reintroduction to tennis. Sure. Yes. Uh, and, and I love what you said about children too, because uh, I think it's important for them to know if you're buying a racket for a child, there are actually children size rackets. And many people don't know that there are age appropriate size rackets. There's a racket that you can buy for a child that's six and under 10 and under 12 and under until they get to a, an adult size. And it's kind of, it's kind of staggering to think that children, in the 60s, 70s, and even probably up to the 80s, they were playing with adult-sized rackets because they didn't have kid rackets back then. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. And not only adult-sized rackets, but that was before, like, graphite and titanium and all these great light, like, rackets. Light metal, yeah. Yeah, yeah they exactly. were playing with those wood rackets, big old yeah. wood rackets. 14 ounces. Yeah. yeah. Just kill my arm. Oh, I know. It's amazing that anyone played tennis. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just kind of shows you how good you had to be back then, right? But uh, these these kids like uh, Chris Everett or something, right? I mean, they probably learned on a full-size racket when they were learning to be pros. And that's just stunning that they, they could overcome all of those obstacles and become that great. So yeah, we want to encourage you, please have the idea of a tennis racket, but maybe an alternative to actually buying the tennis racket is just giving a gift card for a racket. You know, maybe you can make it cute and cut out a picture of a racket and give it with the gift card or something. Uh, But just allowing tennis players to choose the racket and the tennis strings that they would prefer. Tennis strings are pretty inexpensive. You can get a good set anywhere from... 10 to $20. So that's a very affordable gift. And if you wanted to give a gift card for tennis strings and then just clip an art image of tennis strings from the internet or something so to show them what you're giving, that might be fun. Yeah. And like if somebody who doesn't know, like for me, my recommendations um, in my world is always first to check your local tennis store, mom and yeah, pop. Yeah, that's nice. And then that's if nice. like if your city doesn't have a local tennis shop, um, I will, um, use Midwest sports and the tennis warehouse, uh, yeah. really big presences online. They have like everything you can imagine that a tennis player needs. Um, and if your local tennis store doesn't have like another really popular thing to do is before somebody, like if you heard your friend or your family member say they want a tennis racket, what most players might do is they they rent and do a demo of tennis rackets. So they will pay, let's say $30 and they'll rent like three to five tennis rackets for a week, try them all out. And then, you know, that's how they can decide um, which ones they kind of prefer. And so some of the local shops will do that. So if you can ask about that at your local tennis shop, and if they don't, I guess that's kind of where I was coming in with, you could try the Midwest sport and the tennis warehouse. They all have those demo plans. So, that's where like a gift card would come in handy. Um, but really, I mean, obviously gift cards are amazing because then they could just choose whether they need a racket, whether they need shoes or strings or balls or, you know, grips. Um, but yeah, uh, those are those are two big websites. What other websites do you know of, Philip? Yeah, I usually use Tennis Warehouse myself, but I, it also reminded me, you mentioned local, and we should just give a shout out to Julian, who has a, a great store called Apex Racket Works in Laverne. So if you're in the Southern California area, please go see our friend Julian, because he's a good friend of the show. You can check out one of our past podcasts where we actually interviewed him, and he is not only someone who sells tennis equipment, he's someone who knows tennis equipment, and that's a huge difference. He, he can actually recommend the right string for you, the right racket. He can recommend the right tension for you. He'll interview you, and not only is he a, you know, a world-class stringer, but he's also a tennis coach, certified tennis coach himself. So he really is 
kind of what you would think you would get at a tennis store, but unfortunately they're few and far between and, and kind of a dying breed, I would say, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, that's why we have to uh, help support our local businesses. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they're, I feel like they're becoming less and less tennis stores. It's harder and harder to find them locally, but I love that idea of supporting local and uh, and I also want to encourage people to buy used rackets if they do have someone in their area that can help them to decide which used racket is best. Gosh, so many people have really decent rackets sitting in their closet and they're selling it. And, and now with this kind of explosion of people selling used on Facebook and offer up there's <laughs> I think I think there's a whole lot of rackets out there that are actually really decent quality and I'd much rather have someone buy a used decent quality racket than like you know a, a, a cheapy terrible racket that is coming out of these you know five ten dollar stores and just supporting that industry of buying of creating terrible rackets you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so Used is a great option because there are so many tennis rackets out there. I think of in the 70s and 80s how there was an explosion of tennis in the United States. And so many people play tennis and they just don't play anymore. And they might have those rackets sitting around. And I actually have a friend who came to the court. He's in his late 70s now, still plays tennis. He actually brought me a racket that was signed by Jimmy Connors uh, that nice. he had sitting in his closet. He, he just wanted to give it to me because he knew how passionate I was about tennis. And I just think, wow, how many treasures are out there in people's houses, you know? Yeah. And I'd love to upcycle that stuff, you know, get it out into people's hands and, and see if it's, you know, still usable. Because a lot of those rackets, probably people spent good money on those rackets and they're actually decent quality compared to what, what you might buy at, you know, like five, ten dollars at some store. Yeah, and I just love the idea of not wasting and not having that stuff go to landfill too. You know, it's true, and I don't want a uh, slower roll in our list. But I actually I saw this um, new tennis ball when I was just kind of moseying through Amazon and like tennis type of stuff. And there's this um, Wilson ball they just released. Um, I shouldn't say they just released. I don't know when they released it. It is called, oh no, they they have it in a wooden recyclable packaging um, and yeah. they are, they're pressureless. Uh, Wilson Trinity tennis balls. Right. They're $14, uh, which is uh, a lot of money compared to a normal set of three tennis balls. Um but the reviews, there's there's only a few reviews, but people are saying that they were really good and they actually, um, they lasted like a long time. They played a three-set match and they were still great at the end. And they said it was definitely um, worth it for the money because how long the balls lasted and how well they held up, even though they were um, pressureless balls. And if it, for people who are environmentally conscious... Um, you can look up the Wilson Trinity tennis balls because I know, you know, um, tennis is, is one of our great polluters, unfortunately, as much as I love the sport. Uh, yeah, tennis balls really, really don't have a shelf life once once we're done bouncing them around and then you give them to the dog, I guess, or put them on the end of a person's walker, you know, like right. <laughs> there's not many ways to repurpose a tennis ball and they don't. Um, they don't break down. They're they're, they're um, not biodegradable, so <laughs> they're here forever. Yeah, Valerie, we keep we keep promising we're going to do a um, recycle tennis ball episode. So we we got to do that. But I the last statistic that I heard was three hundred million tennis balls a year go into landfill, which is just staggering to have that many tennis balls go into landfill. Yeah. But yeah, I actually was at Julian's at Apex Racket Works recently. He gave me a, a can of the Trinity Balls. Oh, he did. So he did you play with them? Yeah, he, I haven't even opened it yet. Oh, so, right. Uh, You'll have to check it out. Yeah. And report Next back. time you and I play, <laughs> I'll bring them. Okay. Uh, so we'll play with them together, and then that'll give us a chance to review them, and then we can talk about recycling tennis balls on on an upcoming episode. Hopefully, sounds great. 
It's all working. It's all the story's writing itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you had mentioned tennis shoes because I think in my tennis career, tennis life, tennis shoes are probably the second most reused product that I use uh, besides tennis balls. So tennis balls being number one, I think I change my tennis shoes every three months. So yeah, I, I think I change my tennis strings every six months and I have six rackets so I rotate them so I don't do it that that often uh -huh. um, and unless they break of course so tennis shoes really are go out <laughs> I, I burn through them very quickly unfortunately and so I'm constantly looking for tennis shoes and deals on tennis shoes uh, so I love what you said about using a gift card for tennis shoes so if you have a tennis player in your life, you know they need, they need tennis shoes because one, they're not just sneakers, right? They're not just uh, Converse. They're not just regular shoes that you would buy at a shoe store. They're actually shoes that are made specifically for tennis. Yeah, and it's tricky because people actually refer to like sneakers as tennis shoes as, right. as, like, as you would refer to Kleenex, I mean tissue as Kleenex even though it's just like a brand, like, like people often say, oh, I'm going to wear tennis shoes, but they don't actually mean like, I'm going to wear shoes that are made to go play tennis in. <laughs> so you want to get, yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, the, the term tennis shoes and an actual shoe that is made for people who run around playing tennis. Yeah. And add to that fact, the, fa the idea that tennis shoes that were made for tennis in the past are no longer kind of suitable for tennis today. So that adds to the confusion. And I think about that Stan Smith uh, story. I was just, just going to say, tell that to Stan Smith's, uh, what was it, granddaughter? Granddaughter, <laughs> exactly. So for, so for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, Stan Smith was interviewed and uh, his granddaughter tried out for the tennis team and she was wearing a pair of Stan Smiths, which are now kind of fashionista shoes, right? So, I mean, Kanye has like a line of Stan Smiths and, and they've rebranded the Stan Smith shoes to, so that, you know, uh, celebrity artists are using Stan Smith shoes. So people look at them and they don't think tennis, but this is actually named after Stanley Roger Smith, who, you know, was a world number one tennis player. And he actually was born in Pasadena. He was born right down the street here in Southern California. One of the first guys ever to have a branded sports shoe. And uh, they became the Stan Smiths. And unfortunately, that shoe probably isn't what you would be wearing for playing competitive tennis today. And the story goes that his granddaughter was trying out for the tennis team, was wearing tennis shoes, made, you know, these Stan Smith tennis shoes, and the coach said, oh, you can't wear those kinds of shoes to play tennis. And and she said, my grandfather won Wimbledon playing with these shoes. Yes. <laughs> I love that story. It's so great. I know. It's great. But it does speak to the, the fact that shoes have tremendously evolved, just like the sport of tennis. All the equipment surrounding tennis really has evolved. And so there are specific shoes that are made just for tennis. Usually they're kind of reinforced for side-to-side -side movement. So you'll see that they have a wider base. They're usually kind of cushioned harder. They have a different tread because you really need to grip the hard courts if you're playing on hard courts. And then there's actually a separate kind of herringbone tread if you're playing on clay. So so it's a very specific athletic shoe, like you said. Yes. All that to say that give a gift card. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you don't have to learn about all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like moving out of the gift card realm, well, it might still be in the gift card realm. Um, what about tennis lessons from your uh, local pro named sure. Philip Kim? <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, that's a that's a great example of what everybody needs. We all need to improve in tennis. And, you know, there are some people who say, hey, I've been playing for 20 years and I've never had a lesson. And, you know, you could kind of tell <laughs> usually. <laughs> and if you're yes. just playing for fun, you don't need lessons, you know blessings on you. That's great. How, how fun. But if you actually want to improve, there are so many great coaches 
out in the world today uh, and so many great ways to learn, including YouTube, where there are tons of coaches. You know, there's something about being physically in the same space with a coach, kind of looking at your personal movement and helping you with that. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. If you're looking for a coach, you can find coaches that are listed that are certified by the U.S. Tennis Association, USTA, on their website. And especially if you're looking for a coach that's going to teach children, you can go to netgeneration.com and look up the USTA list of coaches and the database. And there they will be listed with certification and what area, how long they've been playing. So I think that gives people a good head start. And if you're in the local area, of course, I'd be honored to give you or your friend a lesson. I would love to have you swing by if you're in the Southern California area. I'll put a link to my coaching page. Uh, one other option is Tennis Pal. You know, Tennis Pal has a new app, not only the Tennis Pal app, which is free, by the way, Valerie. There is no subscription plan that's gone. They've done away with it. It's completely a free app. But they also have an additional Tennis Pal Coach app where you can actually find a coach and you could subscribe to them as a coach. And then you could send video of yourself playing and give, and that coach will give you tips on your technique based on the video. And you can have a relationship with that person via the Tennis Pal Coach app. Yes. I love the Tennis Pal app and the Coach app. Yay, and the, the new coach app. So we just want to encourage you as a, a way to give a gift to a tennis player friend of uh, some kind of financial amount, and they can use that money towards the coaching via the app. Nice. And what if I just want to buy something and wrap it up and hand it to someone, Philip? You, you mean that that is a coach? <laughs> no, moving on from coaches. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> How do, do you have any ideas I for that? I do. I know. Well, if you're a Roger Federer fan or Nadal fan or uh, Nole, Novak Djokovic, um, maybe even Andy Murray, uh, all of these players have their own branded clothing lines and merchandise. And if you know someone who is into tennis and into that player, uh, chances are pretty high that you could find physical items uh, that you can buy uh, online, like hats, T-shirts, um, wristbands, all all the sorts. Yeah, I love that, and I I think that any tennis player who's really into their player, and you you would probably know if they're into their player because they're talking about them all the time, like you and I are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's not anybody on earth that I've ever met that does not know I love Roger Federer. <laughs> and probably most Federer, uh, probably most, you know, uh, real tennis fans have a player they love. And most people in their immediate life know who they like or not, you know. So I feel like, I feel like if you have a tennis player in your life, you know who their favorite is, and um, if it's a, it's one of the top uh, three, four guys. That chances are they have um, clothing out there that, that you can get for your person, and they can represent and be very happy. Yeah, I know I would be happy if someone gave me a Roger Federer hat, and so I, I definitely agree with you there. I think that's a great gift. I know that uh, Roger Federer is sponsored by Uniqlo. Currently, so you want to be looking for Uniqlo authentic clothing. Uh, he was previously sponsored by Nike, and so there is still some Nike RF Roger Federer clothing available that you can get, and I think both would make a Federer fan happy. Uh, Rafael Nadal is also sponsored by Nike as well, so you can get his kind of bull logo material on their Nike website as well. And Novak Djokovic is currently sponsored by Lacoste. So you can get his stuff there. And he has like a creative ND logo. And I say all of that just because there is a ton of counterfeit stuff out there uh, as you're searching the net, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I have a couple counterfeit things people bought me because they didn't know. I still like right. them. You sure. know, I wasn't like, oh, you didn't get me the authentic 
whatever. Where's the receipt? No, um, but it is. <laughs> you probably is, can't return it anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice to know in case. So you know, depending on your price points, what you're what you're really going for there. There's uh, there's authentic merchandise, and then there's pirated or whatever. However, you, it's properly uh, said, you know, but. I would be I would, happy with any of them. So yeah, yeah. I I would say as a hint for for buyers of this merchandise, if you're buying it for a tennis player, they might enjoy a clothing article or a hat that is sweat wicking material. In Nike terms, they call it dry fit. Other people use different names, but I I know for myself when I have a sweat wicking material and I wear it while I'm playing, like a Federer hat, it makes a huge difference. It doesn't collect as much sweat it doesn't um, kind of retain that and then it washes better so it actually keeps its shape good look yeah it's shape and it's good look for for longer someone gave me a counterfeit hat as well and as soon as i washed it it just like deteriorated (laughs) oh yeah i think like in the hat department you want to get the real deal maybe in the t-shirt department is where it's a little less i mean still the quality of those the quality of them are much better when you pay for the, the real deal. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and in the t-shirts side, I, I don't know that they're counterfeit. It's just that they're not official, right? Because there's tons of Roger Federer artwork out there all over the place. I don't know if they have a license Correct. to use it, but there there is some really cool stuff out there. I mean, really beautiful designs, stuff that I would want to have that I don't. that's not Nike or that's not Uniqlo. So I know what you're saying. There's lots of options there. And you might not be playing tennis with this material. You might just be wearing it out just to show your tennis pride. So there's a lot of that. Yes. You know what I like, Philip? Tell me. And I always need because I actually tend to break them. I mean, at least about once a year is a tennis ball hopper or... Oh, that's good. Yeah. Tennis ball crate, tennis ball picker upper, however you want to say it or refer to it. Something so that I don't have to bend over and pick up 50 balls and hold them in my pocket. (laughs) I can hold many at a time. I could just drop it on top of the balls and it magically picks up in the thing. Um, But depending on, you know, a lot of them, I don't know, after you use them for a long time, they, they start falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, and there there actually is one that I really prefer, and I don't usually recommend plastic, but there is one that is a, a plastic ball hopper that I enjoy so much because it's lighter weight than the metal ones that are out there, and it also has wheels. Uh, so it makes my job so much easier, but now I'm regretting saying that just because I'm such an anti-plastic person. Hello. <laughs> I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I've always had the metal Wilson ones, and they break so fast. They're terrible. And then I got one of those plastic ones, and you're right. We should not be promoting plastic, but it, the wheels, it's light. It it works, and it hasn't broke or even broke down. It's like it ha- there's no signs of it slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, it's pretty good. Um yeah, yeah so I think it's, it's called a Tourna Ballport. I, I just looked it up. And they're really great. I mean, I, I highly recommend them, except for the fact that they create more plastic waste. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had the Wilson uh, metal ball hoppers, and they always, they never can stay closed. And those things just like whack your car to death as they open and close when you're trying to put it away. Yeah, and heavy. They're just they tend to be heavy. I mean, you got seventy five balls plus the metal. It's it's not easy. Yeah. But you're right. A, a ball hopper is a great accessory because when you're practicing serve, when you're practicing by yourself, or even when you're playing with a friend and you're just doing drills, uh, it's not something you would use during actual game play but uh, for practice you need uh, multiple balls and it also maybe promotes kind of recycling balls so that you keep them instead of just throwing away new balls after you've played yeah so that's let's, my justification let's spin, yeah let's spin it how any way we can for our content. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, that's a good one, ball hopper. And you said the word crate, so that reminds me of court crate, which is they send you a cardboard box full of tennis goodies every month, and you can sign up for a plan and get this box. And I, I guarantee it's going to make a tennis player super happy because it has like seven to 10 items in there that are just very tennis specific stuff that maybe you wouldn't kind of think about. And I have one here that they sent me from Court Crate. So I'll just share some of the stuff that's in here. They have a Turner rosin bag, which is dry powder for uh, for your grip. Have you ever used rosin while you're playing tennis? No, uh, I use it when I uh, for other things but no I have I've never used it for tennis yeah I, I think Pete Sampras made it like super popular he would always kind of rosin up his hands uh-huh. uh, before he played and it kind of just helps to absorb your sweat and then the rosin makes just a little bit of a, a stickiness to your hand so that you can grip the racket uh, so depending on your what sweat level? <laughs> I yeah, guess. but I'm thinking like even a doll doesn't use it. He's the sweatiest man alive. <laughs> well, definitely the sweatiest man on court. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Andy yeah. Roddick was pretty sweaty too, but I don't think That's he even true. used it either. That's true. Wow. Whenever he took off his hat, it was just like raining. You yeah. Know? <laughs> oh like my dripping gosh. all over the court. I always wondered how nobody slipped after That's- like... Well, those kids run out there with towels, though, you know? Yeah, they do. Well, uh, at least at the professional level. But he probably slipped a lot when he was a junior kid sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if Nadal, I would think that Nadal tried rosin because they were aware of it and he just didn't like it. So that's my guess. So also in the court crate, they sent me just wristbands, you know, sweatbands that were really fun. This is from Wristbands Unleashed. Haven't opened them yet, but look forward to that. Uh, they sent me a pair of pink Victoria Secrets collegiate socks, which I'll be re-gifting. Uh, <laughs> they sent you me don't Katie. Want those? Don't no, they have uh, a? I I just have been looking at their website since you mentioned it, and I noticed they have a men's yeah. box and a women's box. I'm not sure, but I think I have the women's box because the pink socks. Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to be gender neutral, so I'm not sure. That's You're so progressive. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they sent me, uh, a, I think it's like a sample pack of KT tape. Uh, KT tape is the elastic sports tape that you use for pain relief and support. And KT tape is great. I was super excited to see this. So, you know, if you're struggling with tennis elbow, with shoulder issues, with knee problems, KT tape is amazing. So... Oh, nice. So that's kind of fun. Can of pro tennis balls in here. And um, a candle, which I'm not sure how that relates to tennis, except for it's um, round. It's a oh, round candle. I was going to say, if, it's, if it had like tennis ball smell. Like, yeah. It was scented, <laughs> tennis ball scented. It smells like sweat. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the very small, small sample size of Neutrogena Ultra Sheer sunscreen. And... Oh, this pack of electrolyte uh, tablets for hydration from a company called N-U-U-N, Noon, Noon Hydration Tablets. So I'm excited about this because my doctor says I'm constantly dehydrated. So I want to try that, see if that helps me. So all of that came inside this court crate, and it's something that you can sign up for, and then you they'll send you a box uh, every month of just really fun items you may use them you may not you can always give it away to your friends on the court but it just puts a smile on your face because it's tennis specific and it speaks to your passion right yes it sure does well speaking of sunscreen that was actually uh one of my items that i was going to suggest for tennis players it kind of really depends on what part of the world you live in right (laughs) yeah exactly good point I mean, I know some of the people we've interviewed, they live on the East Coast and they actually play indoor. So I'm assuming you don't need sunscreen indoor. Here in Southern California, we're always playing outdoors. There aren't even indoor courts to play here. So that means that we're out in the sun, which I love. I love being in the sun. I love feeling the heat of the sun. I love how the sun gives us the best possible vision to see the ball so that we miss hit less. So I really enjoy being in the sun. Obviously, one of the drawbacks is that 
you're taking in so much uh, UV that uh, you know cancer is possible. And actually, one of my tennis player friends did recently develop a, a kind of skin cancer and stopped playing tennis. So it uh, it may or may not have come from tennis, and we don't know how genetics plays into this, right? But I think you can never be too careful. And I think of Maria Sharapova, who even went so far as to partner with a sunscreen company called Supergoop to find the perfect brand of sunscreen for herself as a tennis player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's good stuff. I know there's a lot. Yeah, Supergoop, yeah. I, I've only tried a couple of samples that I received when we went to a tournament, so I've never actually purchased it, but I know that her Supergoop sunscreen is specifically it's transparent, and I know that's kind of important for some girls, I would say. Do you, do you agree, not agree? Um, you could speak for all women. I should not be the right representative for all women. <laughs> I don't think I should either. <laughs> yes, uh... Well, I just... I just have heard <laughs> from a friend <laughs> that uh, you know that they don't want to have caked on, you know, white face sunscreen. They they want it to be transparent. Whereas for myself, I've actually moved away from transparent because of some of the research that I've done, and I'm actually using physical barrier uh, sunscreen. So it's the same kind of stuff that you would use, like if you're a surfer, you're, you know, they always have like a big white nose because it has zinc oxide uh-huh. in it. So when I go out and play, I literally look like a kabuki theater artist. <laughs> My face is white. It's completely sunscreen, uh, sunscreened out. It's blocked from the sun. So that's that's what I have been using recently. So I guess it depends on how much you care how you look when you're out there playing tennis. Yes, right. <laughs> So the one that I use is called Simple Truth, and it's a mineral-based sunscreen that has zinc oxide, but it also has titanium dioxide. It has both UVA and UVB. I'll put a link in the show notes, hypoallergenic, and it's also reef-friendly. So all the things that I care about, I usually use SPF 50. And I read in Consumer Digest reports that anything above 50, it doesn't matter, because you know how there's like 100, you know, 150, it's like, it it's, it gets insane. Like, how high can you actually go with sunblock? You know, <laughs> go pretty high. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, this is actually a physical barrier, so I don't know how you could block the sun more than this. Yeah. You know, yes, it's good knowledge to have. <laughs> okay, and our last recommendation. Yeah, the tennis channel. There's a subscription where you get Tennis Channel Plus and the matches that aren't on TV, you can live stream. And they, they I think they have like 3,500 a year or something that they stream, which is great for someone who's crazy like me who just wants to watch every tennis match that happens on the tour. So, um, yeah, you can look into the Tennis Channel and look into subscriptions for that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that, we should end with that. That's a really great option. Of course, you can watch tons of tennis on YouTube, but the Tennis Channel is one of the few places where you can actually watch it live while it's happening. And I, I don't know much about their uh, system because I don't have it, but I, I'm assuming that you can watch previous matches from history and throughout. Yes, I believe that you can watch, you could rewatch matches that have already happened. Um, to my knowledge, I think the same goes with like, so the tennis channel is obviously amazing, but another helpful app, um, I guess for a tennis fan is like ESPN plus does a lot of tennis matches as well. I know on ESPN, the ESPN app, you can rewatch matches from before. And I don't think they have like, I don't think they have a a library of like, (laughs) you know, 1980 U.S. Open final, 1981 U.S. Open final, um, quarterfinal, round of 16. It's not like that. But if you miss like a really epic match, um, chances are most of those apps um, continue to have it available to stream. Yeah, I know I get ESPN3 with my Charter Spectrum internet service, and I actually can rewatch 
two, four, five hour matches that they have archived. So I know that's available. So that's a that's a great option as well. And just one note, uh, if they are a USTA subscriber, you actually get 10% off of the Tennis Channel subscription. So there's a little bit of discount there as well. And I'm sure there's other coupon codes that people can find. But I know for sure, as a USTA member, you get a discount for Tennis Channel. That's kind of cool that you mentioned that because I think... Uh, a USTA membership is a pretty cool gift also. I don't remember the price. It was probably about $100 a year or something. You probably know it. Um, I let mine lapse a few years ago, but you get like a tennis magazine. You actually, I think you get two tennis magazines. Yeah, you get the USTA newsletter and tennis.com. Tennis, the tennis magazine. Yeah, tennis.com magazine is, is pretty cool. They have a lot of really good and relevant articles about everything you want to know. And what I think is cool too, for the local people is that they have like in the back, they have the USC and the UCLA like college tennis schedule when it's that season. So you could see like when you can go watch college matches, which I, I never actually have done, but I've always looked at it in the back and thought like, this is so cool. Um, one of these days I'm going to get my butt out there. (laughs) So I, and and you get discounts on like ticket tennis tickets too. So if you want to go to Indian Wells, then you would get like Indian Wells. Exactly. Yeah. A discount on, on those tickets. So I think, uh, there's lots, I think we gave lots of ideas for anyone who's in your life who likes tennis. Absolutely. And the good news is, uh, that the USTA cost is actually a lot less. It's actually $44 for an adult membership. For a year? Uh, for one year. Oh, that's amazing. For one year. Right. It's only $44. That's right. But you can actually get a three-year subscription for $119, uh, which is uh, – and they also have family memberships. So you can actually – because they're really excited about getting younger players to register. So they actually have a $19 membership for juniors as well. Uh, family memberships are $72. So, yeah, I think you're right. That's a great thing to give uh, a membership to the USTA, and it also allows you to easily join teams. Um, there's actually a lot of coaching and, and information on the USTA website as well, um, and it's a great place to meet new friends that play tennis, and that's one of the reasons you're going to stick with the sport, I think, is because you meet other players, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's probably why I don't stick with with tennis because you're my only tennis friend uh (laughs) (laughs) no it's not true and you have a million more people to please it's not true it's not true oh i know but Um, thanks valerie that's a great idea the usta membership is definitely one of the things that people can give away for the holidays and yeah and it's something that any tennis player has to renew not has to but would like to renew every year anyway so that's nice if somebody gives it to them yes well philip Well, Valerie, thank you so much for spending time with me and talking about this holiday gift guide. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And of course, it's it's a gift guide that people can use for, you know, the rest of the year as well, not just during this holiday season. Yes, it's true. A lot of birthdays coming up. A lot of birthdays coming up, right? All right, Valerie, you have a great day and thank you so much for your time. All right. (laughs) Bye, Philip. Bye, and may all your serves (laughs) be aces. aces.